C.S. Lewis said, We ought to give thanks for all fortune. If it is good, because it is good. If bad, because it works in us patience, humility, and the contempt of this world and the hope of our eternal country. Welcome in. This is Religionless Christianity. I'm your host, Spencer. It's my beautiful wife, Nikki. Hi. And if you're new here, um, don't let the name fool you. We're very Christian, very religious folks, but the world that we live in, and especially this country, is not very secular and very religionless. That's where the name comes from. So, uh, well, happy Thanksgiving. If you're happening, happening to hear this, watch this on Thanksgiving, the day it comes out. Um, happy Thanksgiving. So in lieu of a normal daily devotional that we would have on a Thursday, Nikki and I just want to share our thoughts on thankfulness. And so this is going to be a bit of a, you know, different episode. It's more of just going to be, you know, thoughts on thankfulness, really. And just a heads up for what's coming. This will be our last episode of the week. We will not have a daily devotional tomorrow for Friday. And we won't have our regular podcast on Saturday. So this will be the last episode for the week. We will be back next Monday with our daily devotionals. And next Saturday, uh, we'll be back with our normal podcast episode. Uh, We'll be reviewing gender indoctrination episode three, assurance of salvation number five. And whatever kind of craziness that's in the news, (laughs) we'll be looking at that as well. So that's what's on tap for today. Um, So, again, we want to wish you guys a happy Thanksgiving. We do want to remind you, since this is a Christian show here, don't overeat. (laughs) Gluttony's still a sin, even on Thanksgiving. But if you do overeat, (laughs) our God is gracious and merciful to forgive you, so... You always got that in your back pocket, but, uh, right. right. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, remember, you know, the Detroit lions, they were chosen to play on Thanksgiving to humble us all as we watched them pitifully flounder around year after year on Thanksgiving, which is what we'll be doing today. So say a prayer for us as we're watching our, well, Nikki doesn't care, but my favorite team, the Detroit lions. and. You know, they've been on a roll, so we'll see. I but saw someone wearing a lion's shirt today. I was I at the store. I mocked them because they deserved it. Yeah, glad so, you weren't with me. Yeah. All right, so no real prayer requests. We just hope that you guys will be praying that you have a blessed Thanksgiving. But before we get into our topic, honey, is there anything that you would like to say? Um, no, I don't have any prayer requests. We just want to pray for the lions. That's all that matters. Yes, it does make for a better Thanksgiving when they don't get trounced on uh, on our holiday here. So, all right. So we're just going to dive into our thankfulness topic here. And uh, I did sort of steal some of this. Um, I shared kind of the same <clears throat> message and idea uh, with the guys at the jail Bible study. And I kind of, you know, co-opted a little bit of what I talked with um, to them. And going to be sharing it with you guys there and just some additional things that, you know, popped in my mind after the fact. So we're going to get started. 
um, sharing about thankfulness in the Christian life. And we want to start it by reading um, Luke chapter 17, verse 11 through 19. So if you want to read that, honey. On the way to Jerusalem, he was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a village, he was met by 10 lepers who stood at a distance and lifted up their voices saying, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. And he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus answered, were not 10 cleansed? Where are the, the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. Mm. Yep. The story of the 10 lepers. And it says, 10 were healed and one turned back to say thank you. And, you know, it makes me think of the road is narrow, <laughs> right? And there's few who find it. So it seems to be the case with thankfulness as well. But what's interesting is Jesus never told any of them to say thanks. He told them to present themselves before the priests. And we can suppose that that's what the other nine were on their way to do. Um, go and present themselves to the priests. Uh, they mm -hmm. received a blessing from God and they were glad in that blessing. The one, however... He turned back to give gratitude to the giver of the blessing. And notice how it says he gave him um, thanks. It says, with a loud voice falling on his face, he gave him thanks. And this made me think of John in the book of Revelation. It says in Revelation chapter 1, verse 17, When I saw him, I fell at his feet like a dead man. You know, that's not like a simple thank you. You know, this isn't the one leper walking up and shaking Jesus's hand and saying, I appreciate what you did. You know, this is like yeah. an overwhelming joy for the giver of the gift. And then, you know, Jesus says, was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? You know, it's amazing. No one else is thankful. There's only one. So my question for you, and really for us, is what are we thankful for? You know, are we thankful for the gift? Or are we thankful for the gift giver? The nine, again, received a physical blessing and went away happy. Only one praised the giver of the blessing. And in addition to his physical healing, he received salvation. So... You know, what has my attention today um, when I was going through, or really the other day when I sort of put this together for the jail and even now presenting it to you guys, you know, is that we don't read in the scriptures about Jesus following up with anybody, um, you know, after blessings. And we don't read that about these 10, you know, the 10 lepers and even the one who gave thanks. Um, we don't read that Jesus returns to heap more healings and more blessings on him, more earthly rewards. He doesn't follow up with that, you know, but what he did give him in that moment was eternal life. 
And in that last verse there, it says, um, Luke chapter 17, verse 19, rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. And the word translated there as made um, is the Greek word sozo. Um, and it's the same word that's used in places uh, like Matthew 18, verse 11. And there the Lord says, for the son of man has come to save, or that word is sozo, that which is lost. So that word made sozo is to save. You know, so when he says, rise, go your way, your faith has made you well, it's your faith has saved you in a sense. Yeah, I never knew that word made was the same word sozo. That's really interesting. Yeah, and you can find that word used all over scripture. And usually it's in the context of saved and not made, but it's the same concept. His thankfulness returning to Jesus, recognizing the gift giver saved him. Where again, the other nine, they got a blessing and they were happy in it and off they went. But Jesus still, he performed miracles. Yeah. Even if those ones didn't believe unto salvation, you know, because his miracles proved he was the Messiah. Yeah. You know, and so that's the question, right? Is why did Jesus come performing miracles? performing his healings, his wonders? Why did he do them in the midst of the people while he was here? And even more so, why did God perform miracles um, in the land of Egypt for the Israelites and against Pharaoh and the Egyptians? Well, if you go to Exodus chapter 6, verse 7, do you want to read that verse, honey? Oh, sorry. I will take you to be my people, and I will be your God, and you shall know that I am the Lord your God, who has brought you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. Yep, and you shall know mm -hmm. that I am the Lord. Yep. And then just a little bit further in Exodus 7, verse 5, it says, The Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord, when I stretch out my hand against Egypt, and bring out the people of Israel from among them. So God worked miracles in the land of Egypt so they would know that he was God, both the Egyptians, but also the Israelites. Mm -hmm. So let's fast forward from God in Exodus and go take a look at Jesus again, um, God incarnate. And if you want to read, honey, Luke chapter 7, verse 18 through 22. The disciples of John reported all these things to him. And John, calling two of his disciples to him, sent them to the Lord, saying, Are you the one who is to come, or shall we look for another? And when the men had come to him, they said, John the Baptist has sent, sent us to you, saying, Are you the one who is to come, or shall we look for another? In that hour he healed many people of diseases and plagues and evil spirits, and on many who were blind he bestowed sight. And he answered them, Go and tell John what you have seen and heard. The blind received their sight, the lame walk, lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear. The dead are raised up, the poor have good news preached to them. Yep, so Jesus here in Luke 7 explains to the messengers of John, and by extension John the Baptist himself, I am the one who was prophesied to come. And the miracles and wonders are just evidence of that fact. You know, and some of the prophecies that Jesus is speaking about here, if you want to look them up, they can be found. Isaiah 26, 19, 
Isaiah 35, verse 5 and 6, Isaiah 61, 1. You know, so the point is the miracles were never the point. <laughs> you know, the reason Jesus mm-hmm. did miracles right. wasn't for the miracle in and of themselves. A lot of people do think that, argue it's he came to heal, but it's for his name's sake and to be known. Right. The yeah. miracles were never the point, you know, in Egypt, in Christ's time, it was never the point. The point was to show or give evidence mm-hmm. to the miracle maker, you know, to God Almighty. That was the reason for the, the miracles when God did them. That was the reason for the miracle when God um, and Jesus did them. So um, the point of really drawing our attentions to him through these miracles was to bring us to salvation. You know, the healing or the miracle was a gift, you could say, but the real gift was salvation. Again, the nine lepers got a gift, but they didn't get the real gift. The one leper with the thankfulness in his heart, he received the real gift. You know, so Mm -hmm. when we talk about thankfulness, where is our thankfulness found? You know, I fear that for many, like Nikki was kind of saying, that thankfulness is found in the gift and not in the giver. And therefore, if you're happy, you know, your thankfulness is wrapped up in the gift, then, you know, your happiness, your joy, your mm-hmm. thankfulness, all of that sort of rides the roller coaster of emotion. You know, you can be really joyful, really pleasant to be around, praising the Lord when the gifts come. Mm-hmm. And then you're really down in the dumps, angry, maybe even angry at God when the gifts don't come. Yeah, that doesn't determine the goodness of God because we're not, he's, he doesn't have to give these other gifts to us or whatever we see a gift, we determine it. No, he you doesn't know? have to give us anything and yet he does. Um, but again, the ultimate gift that he gives us, right? Yet while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Yeah. Um, and yeah. again, you can assume the one leper when he leaves, he's secured in Christ for the rest of his life. He's saved. He received the gift of salvation. Um, so I just want to express that point um, that the gift, you know, the blessing or the miracle, however you want to call it, is intended to draw our attentions or fix our attentions on Christ. Um, But we should not expect or even have our hopes tied to a continual stream of what could be considered fleshly or, you know, earthly blessings. Now, there are certainly promises in Scripture that will be blessed and God will bless his people. But if, you know, if this leper, if all of his hopes and faith in the Lord is tied to, well, the next time I get sick, he's going to heal me. Well, then he's going to be left wanting. Um, So just as examples of that, consider the Apostle Paul, right? A man who had a miraculous intervention, you could say. He had a miracle done specifically on him when God saved his soul on the road to Damascus. He was also used about to bring many miraculous signs in the lives of others. But we read about Paul, um, how his life progressed in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7 through 10. Do you want to read those verses, honey? So to keep me from being conceited because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, 
a thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from becoming conceited. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Yep. That is a hard thing for us to grasp because we don't deal with anything that he dealt with. Like we say that, that we boast in our weaknesses, but we don't understand those weaknesses. Can we really say that truthfully? <laughs> no. Um, but I don't think many are even looking for that. And that's what we're trying to get to here with this idea of thankfulness, you know, because Paul could get to that point because he understands his salvation had come. His soul was saved. So really this need for a continual blessings um, in sort of that fleshly or earthly sense was no longer needed, right? His thankfulness was cemented in Christ. His soul was saved. So then he could say or repeat what Christ said to him, my grace is sufficient. Because again, he was no longer needing the the miracle. Mm -hmm. His faith was cemented. The salvation came. That was the miracle he needed. Um, Everything after that, certainly icing on the cake you know but paul learned to do without the icing <laughs> if you will <laughs> yeah. so but he wasn't the only one peter you know he likewise experienced many miracles i mean he was with jesus from the beginning and even him specifically when he encountered jesus if you remember uh, peter's story you know he's in the boat and jesus steps in the boat and asks him to push out and do, Jesus delivers a great, um, you know, talk or sermon, however you want to classify it. And then he tells Peter to drop his net in the water and he catches a large number of fish, it says. And so that's a miracle that Peter sees. But also he hears the amazing sermon that Jesus gives. And, you know, mm-hmm. he, he believes he turns his heart over to Jesus. Um, but really those uh, fleshly or earthly blessings would begin to wane for Peter as well. I mean, we read later on in their walk together, Luke 22, verse 31 through 33. If you want to read that verse, honey. Simon, Simon, behold, Satan demanded to have you, that he might sift you like wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned again, strengthen your brothers Peter said to him, Lord, I am ready to go with you both to prison and to death. Yeah, so, you know, no supernatural sparing of Peter from the harassment of Satan. You know, you read that first couple of uh, words there. Satan's demanded to sift you as we like, but thank you, Jesus, that you're going to come to my rescue. Nope. He is going to have his way with you. Like Satan can demand like that's scary. I don't want him demanding no. to do anything to me. Yeah, that's that's a really interesting. But yeah, so Satan asks, and his sifting came. Right, Peter was 
sifted by Satan, and he wound up sinning quite severely against God. We know the three times he denies Jesus. Um, but again, his faith was secured. You wouldn't assume that Peter didn't believe then. He sinned, certainly, but he didn't. He wasn't a non-believer. Um, so he didn't mm-hmm. need to be miraculously spared. His faith was secured, and he came back into right alignment mm-hmm. with Jesus. Now, I guess you could say he did see another miracle later, almost oddly enough, the exact same miracle that saved him the first time. Jesus comes in the boat after the resurrection, and they catch a large number mm-hmm. of fish. Um, but again, Peter's joy was no longer dependent on that gift. Um, it was, again, secured like Paul and the gift giver. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I'm sure there's many others you could point out. And, you know, I just want this to be a point, really, because none of us knows what the future holds. You know, in the world that we live in, for anybody that has their eyes open and is paying attention, it seems like the world's sort of on edge right now. Um, and I think more than ever, you kind of get the sense that your lives are fleeting. Um, at least that's the way I feel. You know, so if joy or thankfulness and ultimately your faith in Jesus is dependent on what you perceive as a blessing or favor from God, you're liable to slip and fall away. Right. So I would just implore you, um, starting today, (laughs) starting right now, you know, but maybe work on it for the rest of the year um, to resolve in yourself that you'll find your thankfulness in the gift giver and not the gift. Um, you know, and in fact, if you've been listening to this show for any time now, you've heard the gospel on here. We've gone through our road to salvation on here. We're going through our assurances of salvation. You've heard the gospel, but even better than that, if you're already saved, you know, you've already received really the only true gift uh, really worth getting. So you've heard the words of the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. You've believed in them. You've been saved. Um, Praise God for that. You know, and if you can understand that, then your joy, your thankfulness, it doesn't have to come and go with, you know, every new situation in your life. Again, we'll know that whatever life brings, you know, if you're saved, our eternities are secured. Now, that doesn't mean that bad things won't bring you down and good things won't make you happy. You know, but happiness and joy, if you want to say that, are a bit different uh, than this thankfulness that we're talking about. You know, I think of happiness as kind of like you go to Walmart and the spot closest to the door is open. So you get the first parking spot in the parking lot and you're happy. But then you come out of the store and somebody has hit your car with a cart and now you're no longer happy, right? Now you're angry. That's sort of that momentary you know, fleeting happiness and joy, but the thankfulness, if it's found in your heart, you'll get over the anger pretty quickly. And you'll realize you're still blessed to have a car, right? And if you're happy, you're not going to give yourself over to, you know, craziness or lose yourself in your happiness. um, Because Mm -hmm. you realize we're still in a sinful world. um, And all those sorts of things that thankfulness is going to keep you steady. So yeah, those aren't things that are like assurance of God's goodness, those things, because the Lord reigns on the just and the unjust. So they might think God's being good to them, too, even though they're unbelievers. You know, they recognize yeah. the the general love of God, too, on all men. 
Yeah. So we can't, you know, fix our, you know, oh, today, I guess God loves me. I got a great parking spot. Oh, God's never been further from me. Someone hit my car with a cart, you know, that sort of thing. Um, We've got to have our faith secured in Christ, especially again, is the way we see the world. If things continue down the path they're going down for believers, um, you know, that thankfulness may need to be, you know, you may need to make sure that it's solid in you. Um, Because if you're expecting those earthly and worldly blessings to be what sustains you to the end, I mean, go ask some of the Christians in China, go ask some of the Christians in the Middle East, um, how often (laughs) those blessings seem to come on them. You know, your faith has got to be grounded in the gospel of Jesus Christ. So, you know, don't, don't, I guess, confuse us and think that the, the other blessings will never come, you know, but we've got to move past that, you know, to expect Jesus to, to continually show the miracle. Because I would say that's ultimately probably a lack of faith if you need the constant miracle. Yeah. His word is sufficient. So one last quote here from me, um, because I like quotes and I think this one fits. It's from Corey Ten Boom. And she says, I have held many things in my hands and I have lost them all. But whatever I have placed in God's hands, that I still possess. I think that's a good so way to look at quotes. it. You know, so I'm reading The Hiding Place, uh, Corey Ten Boom. And um, I'm not finished with it yet. But last night I was reading the part where her and her sister Betsy are in, you know, they go to their barracks and, you know, they just got moved. And they realize it's just infested with fleas. And her sister's giving thanks to God. Like her sister's the one who always is like praying for the persecutors. You know, she's not angry. And she actually prays out loud and like, thank you, God, for these fleas. Like she's like, we need to be thankful in all circumstances. And I'm like, I wonder how this is going to turn out. (laughs) So as I continue reading, um, it turned out the fleas were a blessing because they had their Bible and they were holding Bible studies in their barracks. and. Um, the guards would never come in their area because of the fleas. There you so, go. <laughs> I thought that was really funny because she thanked God for them. But yeah, good book. If you want a good read, I, I've always heard Corey Ten Boom quotes throughout my life and never read her story until we'll put now. A link down in the show notes <laughs> if you want to go read about a great woman of God who suffered mightily during World War II. Um, go check it out. I think you'd be blessed because of it. And I was thinking when we grumble and complain um, about not having these worldly blessings, you know, we're all guilty of, we do it too. But like, it just really hit me because I was just thinking about like, um, you know, we have, well, just in light of eternity, you know, we have eternity in our hands and yet we grumble about all these other things and forget about what we have in our hand. So I was just thinking about kids, how we can, you know, get so mad at them when we're just like them. Because I was thinking, um, like, have you ever taken your kid to like a really fun place? And like, oh, they're going to be so happy. You know, you take them to an amusement park or something. And then they, you know, maybe they want to get like some dessert or something. And then you're like, no, 
and then <laughs> then they're miserable <laughs> the rest of the time. You're, like, you're the enemy <laughs> because you didn't give them that one other little thing. The point was enjoy your time here. Like you got the best thing. And I'm like, we do the same thing. Like we can be so judgmental to our kids, but really like God uses them to show us things about ourselves all the time. Um, we're like that too. Um, we complain about things, you know, in light of the gift of eternity. And so I don't know, that just came to me about, wow, we, we laugh at our kids and, you know, we think it's funny to talk about, but we're no different. So we have all we need. We have all we need in Christ. And we do need to remind each other of that all the time. Yeah. Um, I know I need reminders um, that we have his peace, everything he gives us. And John 14, uh, starting uh, in verse 20, uh, 27, he says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. So we need to recognize there are some things that we might consider blessings that come our way. And they are not from God if they are blessings that take our focus away from God or away from our family, because our family is a blessing. So even giving thanks to God for things that really might be, it could be something from the devil, like the devil demanded to sift Peter and he could demand to sift us in a sense, but in the opposite way of seemingly blessing us, you know, tempting us with worldly things. And we can't, we have to recognize even a good thing that might make our flesh happy, um, can pull us away from God. So there is, there's a lot of discernment in it and yeah. iron sharpening iron with things we want to call blessings. Because in first John two fifteen through 16, it says, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the father is not in him for all that is in the world. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the father, but is of the world. So, I mean, you can, you can name a lot of things based on, um, on that list he gives, um, the lust of the flesh, the eyes, the pride of life. I mean, isn't that just sum up everything? all of our goals in life, everything we're working for, if we like be careful, are we working for those, for those things there? Um, Cause these things aren't even from God. They're of the world and we give praise to God for them. And then we <laughs> drift away from God on account of these seemingly blessings, but those, those desires don't come from at all. And we need to remember that um, we need to be thankful for the, the spiritual blessings. We need to talk about those spiritual blessings more and be aware of it and make our kids aware of God's blessings and to know the difference. Um, so just be more thankful for those than the earthly blessings. So not to say that God doesn't want to bless us with um, earthly things. You know, he, he takes care of all of our needs. Um, but if he chooses not to bless us with something that he has blessed someone else. We can't grumble and complain. We have to remember, is he enough? And always think of those that are contending for the faith, especially in other countries. We always talk about that at church. Like, think upon those who are being persecuted for our faith. And, and our faith wavers on whether or not we have extra things 
you know? No, and it's definitely challenging for sure. You know, no one's going to suggest that it's easy to not be, uh, get, you know, overly attached or, you know, overly expecting these sort of blessings and stuff like that. It comes with time. I mean, that's sort of, I guess, maybe the sanctification process that you begin to let go of these worldly and earthly things, um, hopefully. You know, so it'll come with time, but we should start working towards that now. You know, we're starting to work towards that now. Um, So we would implore you again not to waste another day. You know, open his word today. Sing his praises and be thankful today. Yeah. Um, Again, no matter what the world throws at you, it's it's a practice. It's a spiritual discipline, Um, you know, because our eternity is secured for those who have called on the name of the Lord. And that is really the true reason to be thankful. So I will offer up here just before we end or before we end here, I know kind of the tradition, right, is to go around the table and say what you're thankful for. So I will just offer up here (laughs) that I'm thankful for you guys, for all of you that would give us any of your time and attention to listen to our show. Certainly very blessed to have had you guys this long with us a lot of great you know comments from people that have reached Mm -hmm. out and um, helped sharpen us and we certainly appreciate that we want more of it Um, we've gotten people to reach out to us that we're um, hopefully going to be blessing people this christmas um, with some good stuff and that's going to be awesome so just this show the opportunity that it gives us to be in god's word daily preparing Mm -hmm. for this thinking on God, pondering on God. Yeah. You know, this show really gives us an opportunity to be really hyper focused on that and I'm thankful for that because it's easy to go, you know, days or longer without really devoting yourself to scripture, to prayer, to thoughts about Christian living. Yeah. But this show allows us to do that and I'm very thankful for that. Um and again, thank you for all of you that mm-hmm. listen, if you subscribe, follow commented it's a blessing to us so um do you have anything you want to say you're thankful for don't put me on the spot no gosh (laughs) yeah i am thankful i know um spencer works really hard (laughs) preparing (laughs) yeah and um yeah it's really um it's really been good though this time um however long it's been a couple years now. So yeah, we've really grown in the Lord together doing this podcast together, um, coming together and discussing scripture together and praying together. Um, God's really used it um, to, to work in us and uh, correct us too and sanctify us more. Even though it's, it is hard work sometimes keeping up and um, cause it's, it is work, but we enjoy it. It's always a blessing, um, growing together and being sharpened by, like you said, all the people who comment and question and get us thinking and digging into the word more. So yeah, I agree with you on that. Yeah. You guys don't get to see how the sausage is made when we do our daily devotionals. And I always sit down and sort of write the first half out and then we don't discuss really. I mean, we'll discuss as she's going through it or after the fact, 
But the idea is kind of, what do you think about it? And what do I think about it? And normally it'll be, I think something completely different or I'll, <laughs> you know, I'll grab a verse and I'll write three devotionals off of a verse and then I'll get it and Nikki will open it up and she'll write three days worth of thoughts on one verse and I'll go, oh no, we're doing that in the next three days. And she's like, yes. I just wrote all the stuff on this one. I know. Well, you better break it up. So, uh, you yeah, know, that's the, like the more of the hard work for me. I'm like, I need to look ahead at all the things you already wrote for every day. Yeah. It's so, my fault too, but then I <laughs> mad at you. <laughs> well, and yeah, so it's a blessing. It does give us some chance to discuss things. We are thankful for that. So we will end today with a Psalm though. And I think it's a Psalm worth ending the show with. So I'll just read it here. It's Psalm 100. It says, make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name for the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. God bless. We make USAA insurance to help you save. Take advantage of discounts when you cover your home and your ride. Discover how we're helping members save at USAA.com slash bundle. Restrictions apply. The it's always the right time deal. Hey, want to go to Mickey D's for lunch? Ooh, let's go now. <laughs> but it's not lunchtime yet. If we're going to McDonald's, it's always the right time. Yeah, it's hard to argue with that. There's a deal for every lunch hour at McDonald's. Now's the time to get two for $3.99. Mix and match a four-piece McNuggets, a McDouble, a McChicken, or a hot and spicy McChicken. Price of participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price.